Gomagyanatimirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chakshur Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Namam Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Swami Sri Bhakti Vedanta Prabhupadayate Namaha Gurvagyam Shirasidhajam Shaktyavesha Svarupine Hare Krishna Iti Mantrena Paschacha Prachatarine Vishpacharja Prabhajaja Dibya Kadunya Murtaye Sri Bhagavata Madhurja Gita Jnana Pradayane Gura Sri Rupa Siddhanta Saraswati Nishabine Radha Krishna Padamboja Brindaya Gurure Namaha Devam divyatanum suchanda vadanam balaka chelanchitam sandranandapuram sadeka varanam vairagyavidyam budhim shi siddhanta nidhim subhakti lasitam saraswatanam varam banditam subadam madeka saranam nyasishparam sridharam Shri Bhakti Rakshak Siddha Dev Goswami Maharaj Avir Bhava Motsavati Thi Ki Jai Shri Shri Gaunitananda Ki Jai Radha Gobinda Ki Jai Purpramananda Haribu So today we are celebrating the appearance of Om Vishnupad Bhakti Rakshak Siddha Dev Goswami Maharaj who's uh, directly and indirectly influenced all of our lives directly, and I am what I mean to say by that is um, for those who directly had his uh, company and indirectly for those who um, have his company um, by way of his advices, his counsel, his... Um, association of those who had his association, those who are, that is to say, associated with him without having met him personally, and uh, after his disappearance from the world. And um, it's worth pointing out that uh, something that he personally said to me once in this regard, and that was that uh, you should know, he said, that Gaudiya Vaishnavism is indirect. So the, uh, then he said, first there is Krishna, then there is the Vaishnava, then there is the Das of the Vaishnava, then the Das of the Das of the Vaishnava, that's four, and then we come in the fifth position. Vaishnava Das Anudas, and then us. So, that being the case, uh, we can understand that the uh, nature of association with saintly persons, to a, to a large extent, is uh, is on, on on the basis of our uh, consciousness, our hearts, and our uh, interest in in um, in having that. Kind of association and embracing the the uh, ideals. Vrindaranya uh, 
said a nice thing the other day, as uh, I've been pushing her very much to take uh, responsibility, and and she said that, uh, well, Guru Maharshi, your ideas, they will live forever. So I may do something to help uh, organize them and help people find out about them and take part, take participate in them, take advantage and so forth. She said, like Gurudev Maharshi, he's very prominent, but but it's Sridhar Maharshi's ideas that he's 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 carrying, and Sridhar Maharshi wasn't that widely circulated. He didn't circulate widely, I should say, himself. He didn't go on tours around the world and didn't meet really a whole lot of people from the Western world. They came to his doorstep, as he said, that Swami Maharaj has brought them all to my doorstep. It used to be, he said that Bhaktisiddhanta uh, Saraswati Thakur wanted him to, to come out and preach, but he had such a backward-pushing nature that... Um, he tended to stay in the background, although he did have a, a an illustrious preaching career in India during the time of uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as a sannyasi, um, involvement in various moths, Kurukshetra moth and Madras moth in particular. Practically, he um, established that moth, although he had gone there originally under the under the um, auspices of. Uh, Bhaktivedai uh, Bon Maharaj. Bon Maharaj was then sent to England, and Shri Maharaj took the charge, and the moth was established there under his preaching, and discovered the place of Ramananda Samvad, the conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Roy. Gave a famous lecture there at that time, and so forth. So he did preach, but still his nature was not to be in the forefront. And <clears throat> he used to say how Madhav Maharaj, who was very outgoing, another godbrother of, of his, uh, used to come every year, I believe uh, it was after the celebration of his own uh, appearance day in his own mission, uh, where his disciples praised him and honored him and so forth appropriately. Then he would come to Sridhar Maharaj's moth and pay obeisances on the road before coming in. And after showing such respect for Sridhar Maharaj, then he would come and and uh, tell him that he was cheating the educated public <laughs> by not making himself available <laughs> to them. Such a good preacher he was. And uh, so he, this was his nature, and he, uh, of course, eventually, with the uh, unfortunate uh, discord and whatnot of, of Gaudiya Moth at the departure of Bhakti Thakur, he found his own place in, in Navadvip, Saki Charan Rai, who was a very famous uh, householder disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He was a wealthy salt merchant. He uh, became immortalized by building the, uh, the temple at the Yogapi, at the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which was envisioned by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur had a vision of, of the place of Mahaprabhu's birth after researching it for some time and after and prior to that the research began because of his conviction that the place that was being um, touted as the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that there was some discrepancy 
in that regard. And so he did, as you may know, a lot of research and government maps and and uh, uh, talking with various people, interviews and so forth and so on. He went about it in, in two ways. In an academic way, he went about to research where was the actual place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as much as possible, and in a spiritual way also. And he got confirmation on both sides. Spiritual confirmation was ultimate confirmation from his house, his place of bhajan, Godroom, across the Jalangi, on the rooftop, and a young, at that time, Bhimal Prashad, who would become the great Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, with him at his side, he envisioned in Mayapur a wonderful uh, mystic area. And he went and followed his vision, and he found it overgrown with Tulsi. And some Muslims were living there. And you have to understand, some of you have been to Mayapur, of course, but and what it was like at the time, they were, they were Bengal, you know, famous Bengal tigers. Were, it was a jungle. And um, uh, some Muslims were, 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 were living in the area, and they called it Mayapur, just amongst themselves. And um, because they they had been told this name had been passed down and so forth. At any rate, he got some other external confirmation when he went there through the, as I say, the overgrown being overgrown with Tulsi and the Muslims who thought it was a sacred place of the Hindus from the past and and so forth. And, uh, and he made his claim, and then he verified his claim further spiritually, how? By bringing the illustrious Vaishnav um, Sarvabhoma Jagannath Das Babaji there on a palanquin. He couldn't <coughs> couldn't walk at the time, but it said when he arrived there he danced and confirmed that this was the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's um, birth. And so he wanted to build a temple there. Bhaktivinoda Thakur even went door to door in Calcutta begging alms to build a temple at the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And there was a fair amount of opposition to that from those who had claimed the birthplace was on the other side of the Ganga. But and he, with uh, uh, with great spiritual strength, he, he, he went forward and, uh, as I say, he even went door to door to beg. Ultimately, he gave the charge of that, to build that temple to his successor Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and his disciple, Sakicharan Rai, was a wealthy salt merchant, as I said, he, he gave the money to build that temple and became immortalized. Later he gave money for Bhagbazar Mat and this and that, and he gave the money to build, to, to buy the land, but in 1942, Sridhar Maharaj settled on in Koladweep, and uh, with the Govardhan Shila that he had gotten from doing uh, spending the, the Urjabrata, which is this time now. Urjabrata means uh, the Kartik Brat. Urja is another name for Kartik. It means uh, brilliant, power, shining force. It's a name for Radha, Urja. So Urjeshwari, Goswami uh, has addressed her like this in one of his prayers offering pranam to her, Urjeshwari. So Urjabrata is the brata of, uh, by which we come closer to Urjeshwari, Radha, Kartik. And this is her month. 
the month that precedes Krishna's month, in Gita Krishna says, that of month Sayam Margashirsha, that is the following month. So now the Goswami reasoned, well, the month before him then must be Radha, Radha's month. So it went that time, this is, of course, after making some effort to work with various <coughs> factions, warring parties of, of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur's disciples. At a certain point he gave up hope on that and he went to Vrindavan, as I say, he performed the uh, Kartik Brat and got Govardhan Shila, came to Navadvip, asked permission from Nityananda Prabhu to find to take residence there. And this land was purchased for him. There he began uh, his, what he called his heart service, the Bhajan life. 1942. He took sannyas in 1930. He appeared in the world in 1895. Of course, we came to know him there in Namadweep, and not in 1942, but after many, many years of living there as he did, Tata, simply dependent upon Krishna for his maintenance. At one point there was some politics, because a couple of godbrothers uh, came to younger and junior men, associate themselves with him, one of whom wanted to get the contradiction from him, had not got it from Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, <coughs> and so they were helping him to establish a mob there. But Akinchin Krishnadas Babaji Maharaj uh, advised Sridhar Maharaj that, that a young boy who had come in his midst, uh, who was at that time named, named Gorendra, Gorendra Sundar, later became Bhakti Sundar Govinda Maharaj, was a boy worth paying attention to from a Brahmin family and, uh, and devotional qualities and so forth. He was only 17. So, uh, he took Babaji Marsh's advice, paid attention to that boy, but others didn't like that very much. The others associated with him, and so they, when it became apparent that Sridhar Marsh wanted him to, that he was giving it, uh, what was considered undue attention to him, they thought it a defect in him to attach to this young boy, not objective, there are more senior men in your midst who should be given consideration. Um, then they uh, objected. They even beat that boy and tried to drive him out of the temple. <coughs> and uh, they made some politics and insisted that, that some board of directors would be drawn up to govern the moth. And um, so Sridhar Maharaj said, well, who will be the members? And I said, well, it will be you and the two of us. And they said, and what will be the policy for determining a policy. He said, well, it will be a vote. Mm. The three of us. <laughs> then Siddhartha said, I have avoided so many stalwart sannyasis of Prabhupada who wanted me to work with them. Keshav Maharaj, Rajivar Maharaj, this Maharaj, that Maharaj. Stalwarts hmm, of Prabhupada. <laughs> and now I will become one member amongst the uh, with the two of you and take your majority opinion over mine. I have not uh, come here for that. 
And so he objected. And then some of those senior sannyasis, like Keshav Maharaj, Jijabar Maharaj and others, they came and they bailed him out. They got some, they raised some money and bought those fellows off, told them to go. They thought they had some claim. They had helped to do something, a little, a little small building had been built or something like that. So they, they bought them off. They came to his, his, his side. And, uh, and that way he went on, mostly alone. And he stuck with uh, his conviction about Govinda Maharaj, even uh, uh, after there were some problems with, uh, in, in Govinda Maharaj's life, he held on to him of that, and people objected. And, oh, maybe there was even some reason that he should not have been so biased towards this this boy. And this is years later, of course. Still, he stuck with him. And, and of course, now he is the illustrious successor to the Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Mahat. Hmm? And widely circulating the ideas, the concept, the deep thinking, and what came out of the heart service, and and before that, Years of self-sacrifice in, in, in the mission of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur and a rather um, uh, auspicious and, and um, foretelling uh, life before joining the moth as well. Um, what came out of all that life before the moth indicating his previous, uh, something about previous standing in, in spiritual life, uh, his life in the moth, his life after the moth, and how he dealt with that aftermath, and then the coming of so many of Prabhupada's disciples to his doorstep. Hmm? So as I said, he said uh, that uh, he brought the... the the whole Western world to my doorstep. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvitaka wanted me to come out and used to tell uh, others and uh, that they should try to bring him out. I think he even told our Prabhupada you should try to bring Sridhar Maharaj out for preaching. So he did, like Madhav Maharaj did, Prabhupada would also do. And in the end, Sridhar Maharaj concluded that his determination to fulfill that suggestion of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was so great that, that even ap- after my disappearance he hasn't let up. After his disappearance, I should say, he hasn't let up. And ultimately he brought the whole world to my doorstep here without me going anywhere. Still not everyone came, you know, many, 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 some came. Not large numbers like is, uh, are influenced by him today through the preaching of Persons like uh, uh, Gurudev Maharaj and others, who in, in a big way have broadcast his glories, but it is his message, his ideas, his his what came out of all that heart service and so on, that is the, the real substance. And we are uh, play a small role in in distributing that, organizing that, in bringing the people to come. And, uh, and drink from that uh, that cup, deep deep cup of 
of spiritual understanding. <clears throat> so we met him, I met him, Brahmapalu met him. I don't think anyone else amongst us today had that opportunity. But those who didn't, um, but are here today and connected with us and, and, and other missions who are influenced by him, um, are indirectly connected. And as he said, Vaishnavism is indirect. So indirect is direct. <laughs> he once gave an example that if you want to look at the stars, then if you go with the naked eye, what will you see? Therefore, we are recommended to take the telescope. But then if we think, I want to look through the big lens, hmm? <laughs> then what will you see? Yeah. You'll just get a blur and a headache. No. But there are so many lenses coming down to the small lens we are eye. It may look small in some ways, but it's actually the way in which Krishna has come to you. And if we understand that, then we'll see how big that is and how we can take this clear vision to see what's going in the distant sky. This is Guru Parampara. So, Vaishnav Das Anudas, as I say, he told me, you should think like this, Vaishnavism is indirect. And to take it to the prayojan, the, the goal of Gaudiya Vaishnavism, it holds true as well. We don't, don't think that we'll have a direct relationship with Krishna. The bhajan life of Bhaktivinoda Thakur that he so mercifully revealed to the public, something that Narutam Thakur uh, uh, cautions against, uh, he did. If we reveal our bhajan life, there's je- we put our bhajan life in jeopardy. Bhajan life is very high and uh, secret affair, revelation from within the heart from Krishna. And if we take that and just uh, distribute that everywhere without consideration of audience and so forth, then that may not be pleasing. In one place, in, Bhak- in Krishna Sandarbha, Shijiva Goswami has said something very, uh, some, some wonderful things about <coughs> Krishna and his lila, and afterwards he, he, he immediately asked Krishna to forgive him. You forgive me for saying these things in a public place like this, in a book. But I'm, sometimes it happens, something like that. So Bhaktivinoda's doing so, of course, is is considered to be an extraordinary act of mercy on his part. His bhajan did not diminish by that. If we get a little something, and then we want to tell that everywhere, that what is starting to come, and then be turned off, Krishna's ingress, the surup shakti in the heart, may be put off by that, because it will not come by thinking oneself important. No. I'm writing a commentary on Shikshastakam. I just finished uh, this verse. This is the most famous verse of Shikshastakam. It tells us where we should go in terms of a very practical interim goal. Get to here. And then it tells us how from here then we can go to Prem. That is the way. You have to get to this point, then you can get Prem. So it's important from both sides. 
from the beginning side and the and the, the end side, what is what is gained there in Nishta, in Trinada Pisunichina, that will carry be carried with us the whole distance. That is some some beginning substance that will be intensified and intensified. These these qualities. Resolution and practice and and um, subsequent uh, or ornamented by humility, tolerance, showing respect to others, expecting no honor oneself. Jnana Pisunichana, that is the famous line, of course. And um, it means to be humbler than a blade of grass. It's really speaking about a realization. To see oneself as lowly, which is reality, it means to glimpse the soul, to see how what it means to be finite. If we come a little bit in the vicinity of the infinite, we will be startled. What is our position? Now we're covered by mind, body, intellect, and ideas of self derived from such identification. And we are much more important in our minds than we are in reality, in the whole scheme of things. And who has some, gets some glimpse of that, that means swabhavika, dhanya, natural humility. It's not a humility that comes from the mind. That's important too. That is a that is a a, 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 a virtue that will arise from the mind and help us in the stage before nishta, before we have that insight of how lowly I really am, how insignificant I am. In that previous stage, we'll see how unqualified I am, how many anarthas I have that should humble us. Oh my gosh, I should think, oh my God, look at my position. Mahabhubhu's Krishnanam is so merciful, giving himself so freely, and I have no attraction. Why? Because I have so many other things in my heart. Why I can't be attracted? It's like a hand wearing a glove. If I touch something nice but I'm wearing a glove, what will I find there? So my heart's got like a layer of dust over it. I can't experience the sweetness of Krishnanam. But Krishnanam is so nice, so merciful. He takes the role of a sweeper. He goes in the heart to sweep. And as the sweeping is going on, the dust is rising. So we become conscious of the dust. They go, oh my God, so much dust. This is my unfortunate condition. So we're humbled by that. If we are humbled by that, if we're not humbled by that, that is a very serious problem. We have to become humbled by that because otherwise Krishnadam will not stay with us. If we're humbled by that, in spite of our lack of qualification, in spite of our heart being dirty, then he will stay with us. In other words, if a person is very unqualified, but they just admit it, then people who are qualified will become attracted. If you don't admit, we have no, no time for you. We point it out to you kindly, you resist, we have no time for you. But however bad you are, and we're telling you, you're bad, bad, bad. <laughs> hmm? And he just goes, oh, okay, I accept it. I, I, what can I do? Then, naturally, we have, we have to accept a Sharanagata. If we don't accept 
then envy will come in our heart. And then false reasoning, then Krishna consciousness is not that good after all. It's not good enough for me. Hmm? Just say, it's not good enough for me. It's not hip enough. It's not contemporary enough. I don't know if I want to be associated with it. These kind of thoughts. Do you see that coming in someone? You should smash them. Preach what Mahaprabhu was preached in Shikshastakam. Then, with that kind of humble attitude, and praying, I don't, I don't even want he's an artist to go, but I know I should, so force me somehow. Make it happen. I know it will be good for me. And they will start to remove themselves. Harinam will remove them. Then, when, as they become moved, our bhajana becomes strong because they are a result of rajagun, tamagun. That means they, 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 they cause distraction and apathy. Apathy from tamagun and distraction from rajagun. Rajagun is a distraction. Rajagun means that we have some interest in, in being somebody. Otherwise, tamagun just means I want to gratify my senses. That's all. Rajagun, I have some interest to be somebody. That's not so bad. You can use that. That can be used. Tamagun does not have much utilization. But Rajagun can be used. It can be tied to Sattvagun, and one can, in, in spiritual culture, it can be, one can be elevated. This is Brahma. Brahma is the example of, of Kama Mishra Bhakti. Whole, uh, uh, Sri Brahma Samhita teaching this lesson. He had a big desire to create the world. <laughs> but he did it in such a way to become Krishna, to enter the Goloka. So, Krishangi, she just wrote me, she's become a city councilwoman and wants to become a member of the uh, Finnish parliament. That's her next level of political pursuit. <laughs> so she was, should I be doing this? <laughs> she was asking. It's taking time away from Krishna consciousness, but at the same time, my, my taste is here for hearing and chanting has increased still quite a bit. Should I do? You should be what you need to be, but the context of also becoming Krishna conscious. So, Rajagun, not so bad. But still, it is, it is causing distraction. You see, there are other, it is anartha, means. Artha means ideal, value. So a value that has no real substance for us. However, if we be- become great, if we become a Brahma, it has no substance for us, the soul. So these are other, anarthas means other values. And where are these values coming from? They're coming from the influence of the modes of Rajagun and Tamagun. They, they give us a sense of value by their influence, and we pursue those values. So when those influences have been quelled, when the fire is out, whether the smoke, some smoke is still remaining, and we call Baba Mahadeva Agni the fire's out, ah, there's some, there's, there's some life. We were being consumed in the fire. <laughs> now it's out, but there's some smoke remaining still. And that's, Clearing by continued hearing and chanting with with the kind of resolve that can come when our goal is clear, our values are clear. These are my values now. I have sattvic value. 
I can see clearly. I want Sudasattva, Vishuddhasattva. I want this. This is my ideal. So in that stage, then one can actually... What is the symptom of sattva? Gyan, knowledge. Self-knowledge is, 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 is glimpsed. So one sees, I'm low, I'm very fallen, I'm nothing, I'm insignificant. It's more like experiencing oneself to be lower than a blade of grass. So it's really a, a realization in this kind of humility. It's, a hum- it's not a humility that comes from the mind, but a humility that comes from the soul. But some should come from the mind, as I said first. So in this way, we will enter there, not by feeling self-important, but by feeling very unimportant. And so to hear, oh, Krishna consciousness is indirect, we think, I want to go direct. No, this is not the idea. As I said, in the Leela we hear, in the, in the Bhajan life of Bhakti Vinodhaka, we hear him say, and from a distance I saw her, the queen of Vrindavan. To enter into a group, have some place there, we have not become Nanda Maharaj, we have not become Dishoda, Radha, Lalita, but we can have their experience. This is the idea. It is indirect, but in the indirect approach, the direct experience is coming. And more so, that position is enviable by others who have the direct experience even. Such things have been talked about, written about. So he told me in this way, Krishna consciousness, as you should know, is indirect. Here it is indirect in relation to Vaishnava Dasana Das and Prayojan Tattva, also it is indirect. We should not be put off by this. We should understand Vaishnavism correctly. And as I say in a simple way, to go there, we cannot be feeling self-important. If our Gurudev has given us something important for us to do, then we have to stand up and say, listen to what I say, it's important, pay attention. But no personal self-importance, no room for that. So Maharaj, he was. this was very much a characteristic of his. He very much speaking to me from his own realization. He was, a, as I said earlier, by nature, a backward-pushing man. I found on my shelf, I didn't know it was there, the first uh, Vyasa Puja book published by the disciples of, uh, of, of, of uh, our Prabhupada, who had come in touch with uh, Pujapad Sridhar Maharaj, November 7th, 1985. First book published in San Jose. My offering is there. I think the Brahmas is also there. We can read them later on, perhaps. And um, I read my offer. I thought, what did I write some 20 years ago, about, about 19, 20 years ago? I think it was written, what, yeah, just, just shy of uh, 20 years ago. What did I write there? Who was I at that time? <laughs> so uh, it was nice. It was, uh, I, I had a sense. I was connecting with a group of... Uh, of um, that would I would benefit from all the members. I voiced there in my offering how I'd, I had been in, in in San Jose where the publishing of this book was going on, and the opportunity came for me to write something. And 
other sannyasis were there and so forth, and devotees discussing high topics. And, and I made my way into the, into the room. In those days, they had, uh, you know, it was the beginning of desktop publishing. Just the beginning, they had Mac Plus and Five O. what was it called, something, Macintosh Originals Machines, beginning of the Macintosh computer. So the typesetter had a typesetter, is what I want to say. And it was, you don't use those anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So some sheets were coming off the typesetter for the book, and I was about to write my offerings, so some early offerings, I was reading them and seeing and I was finding confirmation. Oh, what I think this is about, others are saying also. I'm getting some, some understanding. I'm in the, in the right place. And with regard for all the others already involved, senior to me, like Brahma, who had been involved previously, previous to me and so forth, I had some sense of regard for all of those members. This is the way we should, we should go forward. I wrote there in the offering that, in the end of the offering, I wrote that... You call yourself a backward-pushing man, but the whole world is actually following you. And you've pushed yourself so far in the background that you've come out into the foreground. Like Mahaprabhu, upon returning to Bengal and uh, trying to hide from the public, came out from Vidyavachaspati, I believe, house onto the balcony, and throngs of millions of people said, Jai Gorsundar, Jai Gorchandra. He turned to Srivast Thakur and said, What are they saying? They should be chanting Jai Vishnu, Jai Krishna. And Srivast Thakur said to him, It is as if the sun has risen and then tried to hide himself. <laughs> Go back out there. So I told you, You have pushed yourself so far in the background that you've come out. Pushing backstage and it goes in a circle and he's coming out like this. Turn around and face the, the world. Come to your doorstep. Give them your darshan. So this was rather a good quality hmm? <coughs> of Pujapad Maharaj, his his uh, lack of interest in being in the, in the front. But uh, Prabhupada pushed him in, into the front, and so we are we, we like that too. That Prabhupada was very outward pushing, so that that should not be misconstrued. Some may have an outward pushing nature, hmm? but not have any personal motive like Prabhupada. So just because we saw his outward pushing nature, he said, I came to your country as an aggressor. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't see that. Some of us did, our, our uh, godbrothers did not see that in Sridhar Maharaj and thought it would be a, a, a disqualification. Hmm? No. Hmm? The Lord moves devotees to move in different ways. But rest assured, if they're pure, he makes them known to us. And sometimes, almost... We don't pay attention too late. They've come and gone. Come and gone. So, this was something about his nature. Because it is the day of his appearance, we should talk something about his previous life, previous to the moth. Although, generally, it is advised not to speak about the life of the Acharya before joining the moth. O Magyana Dimirandasya. This is real birth. But uh, he spoke about it to some extent, highlighting some points, and uh, so we can draw from that uh, discussion. And of course, we will all we will see it all 
with the uh, eye of affection and love, and we can only see that or who has influenced us so spiritually, so dramatically in our lives. We can only see everything about them in light of that. How a person influences you, you will see everything about them in light of that. If you, if you love them, then, as we've many times said, their faults will become ornaments. And it's worth noting at this point that, that, um, that I have been influenced in a very dramatic way by Sridhar Maharaj. The only thing I can compare it to is, is the way in which I was influenced by, by Srila Prabhupada. And because of the, it had such an impact on me, I had, I had, it was no, there's no thought, there's nothing to think about. When I had the full experience of what Sridhar Maharaj represented in terms of hearing his, his teaching, then immediately in my heart I could make the connection. Nothing can influence me like this. I have, is there anything in my background, in my history, that I can draw upon to, um, to, to locate this experience, to, to put a, to, to, to label it? And like a, like a light bulb glowing, this is the answer. Was, I didn't have to think about it. It came from my heart. Prabhupada, no one can influence me like this. This is the principle of Guru. I had, the, and of course I'm not alone in this, but others too, obviously. But we had the experience of so much of what Guru Maharaj talked about, which was pertinent at the time, Guru Tattva. We had the experience of what he was talking about. That this um, Tattva is a manifestation of, 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 of the Lord, and it's varied, and it's one, but it's varied. It can appear in different persons, different times, and and so forth. So uh, then, of course, we had volumes of his uh, uh, his darshan discussions to support such a thing. But even if we banged people on the head over the head with those explanations, if they didn't get the experience, then what could we do? At any rate, very tremendous uh, influence upon my life, and so those who have uh, uh, friendly and student-like association with me similarly will be influenced by, as much as they associate with me, also by that profound impact that Sridhar Marsh has had on my life. So, I see, and as you will as well, all the things that he spoke about in his life previous to coming to the mall in a divine way. And it's not hard. As I mentioned, he was... Uh, Appeared in the world in 1985 or 1895, I should say, in Gauramandal. When Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sastri first, uh, when they first met, the two of them, the student and the teacher, on a rooftop veranda, uh, one of the places in which Sastri Thakur was, from which he was, one of the places from which he was conducting his mission, he managed to find his way up on the roof, and Prabhupada was walking there with another disciple. And so uh, Prabhupada asked him, what does he want? Does he have a, does he have a question? So the servant asked, do you have a question? Prabhupada wants to know. So no, I have no question. So then Prabhupada said, he must have some question. He's come here, must have something. What, 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 what is your, you don't have no question? No, I have no question. Uh, uh, what is your purpose for coming here? And he said, yes, there must be a purpose for every act, everything. 
my purpose is only to get the grace of you people. He said, at that time, I think that Prabhupada was charmed by me, by that reply. And so he asked about me, where are you from? I told him my place of birth and so forth. He said, you are a very fortunate soul. He was born in Hapaniya. Hapaniya is in West Bengal, in the circle of Gore, Gore Mandala. In the circle of Gore, he said, you are born in, in Gore Mandala. You are a very fortunate boy. <laughs>